0: Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and I hope we truly can bring you
1: hope today. There are many things that are very, very difficult out on the street, as you can see every day uh, with folks. And some of it is, is you know, you want to help with, and some you're led and left with thinking, I, should I even help? Well, there's two answers to that, and and those two answers come very simply. Uh, yes, we do need to help, uh, but yes, we also can have an eye on change and not simply uh, trying to go and, and just feed or just clothe or just do those things. We want to and do for over 50 years, we have fed the homeless, we have given them shelter, we, have, we provide showers and clean clothes and all those things, and most of you realize that. We have a 24-man drug and alcohol, and it's not just drug and alcohol, it's a rehabilitation program, And uh, for a while, the numbers had slipped a little bit. But even in an economy where, and even in a place where a lot of things are given away, there is uh, more men every day wanting to get on the recovery program. And they don't want to get on the recovery program because there are no other resources around. They want to get on the recovery program because they want some kind of a life that's different than just being on the street. Each one of us in Sacramento and Auburn and Fairfield and all the surrounding areas Stockton. That's what we all want. We all want the people who are on the street to not be on the street. But the difference being is that we know that we can't supply all their needs as they live on the street, but we can certainly introduce them to Jesus Christ, who is the transformer of lives. And that's really what our goal is. We want to love and care for them and all those things we we also want to teach the guys that come on the program responsibility we want to teach them that life isn't made up out out of just getting free things but there are things that we can do there's responsibilities we need to take and we need to be productive citizens of our country and not just asking for things so we supply a lot of things, food, clothing, shelter, all those things, so that we can address the the true root of the problem, which is the desire to change in that that transformed life. So I thought you might want to know some of the things that go on at the mission. Obviously, we've talked about the women's clothes closet, the rehabilitation program, the food, the the food boxes, all the things that we do. Well, maybe not all of them, because there's a lot of things that we do that people don't even know. We do it without any kind of government funding. It's all from guys and gals like you, Christians, and, and even some people who are not Christians but still share the vision of transformation somehow. And so what goes in on internally, we don't always discuss, But we have men on our program, we have uh, anywhere up to 24 and that number is increasing within that 24 lately uh, because there are more and more, as I said, men that want something more than just living on the street, doing drugs or alcohol, getting a certain amount of money from the government so they continue to do those things. They want something different. They want transformation. They want to have a new way of living. And, of course, not all the men on our program are from the street. I was, uh, I was just talking to several of the men who, they had not previously been on the street, but divorce and uh, alcohol and drugs had, had temporarily put them out there, and now it, they are seeking a new way. So I thought I might share with you this morning what happens on, on our Friday mornings. Our Friday mornings are a little different than every other morning in that we all get there early. We get there by 7 o'clock and we have a prayer breakfast. And that prayer breakfast is really just a breakfast. Every meal we, we open up with prayer. And then as soon as everybody is finished with breakfast, we go over to one of the two chapels we have And all the program men and all the staff people that are on campus at the time gather together in that chapel, and we all listen to a message. Sometimes, you know, there's a rotating basis, but sometimes the message is delivered by me. Sometimes it is by uh, one of the two chaplains, Ernie King, who has been a pastor for many years and uh, does a wonderful job at, at you know, his sermons are good there and he, he loves men and that's the important thing. And then we have other pastors from around the area that have signed up to do that for a period of time. And, and so it's been good. And so this morning, uh, we had a pastor who, who was something had happened and something came up and he was unable to come and it was kind of last minute. So we were going to truly dedicate that time to prayer and, and, uh, I started thinking last night and on the way in, and was writing down some scriptures about prayer. is a is a funny thing. Uh, we all pray, but I wonder how much of us really pray in the correct vein that we're supposed to be praying in. You know, so many times for people, all of us, and myself included, at times, it has been really a wish list of those things that I want God to do for me. Uh, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, I told the guys sometimes it comes in the form of a red light and a siren behind you, and you're you're starting your prayer with the one word we should never pray: "If God, if you get me out of this, if you if you stop the foreclosure of my house, if you stop this, if you do this, if you do this, I will do this." And that is exactly the wrong way to pray. What we want to do is we need to understand that God is not going to answer our prayers until what we want matches what God wants. And sometimes the things we pray are absolutely the wrong things to pray for. Matthew 7, and starting in 7, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? I want to stop there for a minute and tell you that a lot of times we ask for stones. We we really think we're asking for bread. We're thinking that this is what it's going to do, that we're going to Receive this that we can get, as one author put, horizontally, which can only be obtained vertically. And by that, I mean we're looking at the world to satisfy our wants and our needs. When really the only way that we can have our wants and our needs uh, answered is vertically. And that means to God himself who answers prayers to those that follow him. And it says, or if he asks for fish, we'll give him a serpent. Again, sometimes we ask for the very worst thing we can. We ask for what we think will make us happy and really it is the thing that will destroy us. Uh, there have been many people who have said if they just had enough money and when they won the lottery it destroyed their lives because they asked for exactly the wrong thing. What we need to be asking for first and foremost is that behold, before this awesome holy sovereign God that we seek his will and that we walk in that newness of life and light if we are truly his children if we are those who have by faith and repentance come to him and bowed before the throne of grace and he has reached down and grabbed us and made us forever his children then we know that what we need to ask for is what he wants to give us. We just don't always know what that is. It goes on to say, if then being evil, know how to give you who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do unto you, do also unto them for this is the law and the prophets so we know that we know that that what we want is not always what god wants and whatever it is that god does not want us to have is not good for us it may appear on the outside and there are many things that are good but are not necessarily good for us It just depends on our particular circumstance and what God has for us. Uh, So that brings me to the point in prayer, rather than just a a day by day, every time coming to the Lord to wash out this wash list. I want this Lincoln Continental. I want a bigger house. I want a bigger this. I want a better wife. I want a better husband. I want uh, what I, I want. I want. I want. We need to come before the throne of grace with the, the desire to serve God. And I don't think we always do those things, do we? First John 5, 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, and here comes the part of it we need to hear, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. You know, this brings me to want to ask the question of everybody. You know, know, it's one of those questions you can only answer for yourself. When we see a scripture that says, hey, you know, ask and, and God will give you the desires of his heart. I think that's where the problem comes in. The problem comes in because the desires of our heart, which he will give to his children, need to match the desires that he has placed into our hearts. So here's what I mean by that. I come to Christ and, and he's, he's, I am now his child, but there's big transformation that needs to go in in my life. And by the way, there's still big transformation that needs to go on in my life. Every day I make mistakes, every day I, I sin in some way, and those things I don't want to do, but as Paul said, <laughs> you know, the things I don't want to do, I do, but the things I do not want to do, this I do. Well, God rescues us from that with his saving grace. So you come to Christ and you have the desires of your heart. And so you go to your knees and you go to the Lord in prayer and the desires of your heart are, uh, bring me a spouse, uh, bring me a job, bring me a, a house, bring me a car. And there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. I'm not trying to say that. But what I am saying is that they cannot be the desires of your heart. So what God does is He starts in a transforming, uh, He starts transforming our lives and starts conforming us to be more like Christ, to be less like like those who want to be served and to be more of one who wants to serve. And when our hearts have conformed to a, a place where we are walking in unison with God, He gives us the desires of his, our heart, because then our desires, are for God and for the kingdom of God. And so those desires he is granting for us and will grant for us. So we ask ourselves, how can I pray and how can I be correct in my prayers? Well, you know what? Jesus never left us without an answer, did he? He gave us a prayer that many of us have memorized many of us uh recite but he didn't give it to us so that we would s- recite it as a rote prayer that you just go through these words and don't contemplate the meanings and and do those things no when he was asked about prayer and the difference between prayer you know because even the pharisees they like to stand on the street corners didn't they and with great flowing robes and And prayers that were long and with, as the Bible says, and they think that because of their many words, God will will hear and answer them. So I wanted to take a minute with all of you, as I did this morning, with all of them and myself. And that's the big key. When I'm talking to you or I'm talking to them or I'm talking to the congregation that I still serve at a small church, I'm talking to me as well. There's. There's sometimes, I believe, much more conviction from a sermon that I'm putting together than that even the people get when the sermon is delivered. And that's because I really have to search my heart because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to tell you something I'm not doing myself. And I know that my heart is not always what it should be. So in Matthew 6, starting at 8, it says, Therefore... Do not be like them, meaning those people that that they pray, but their prayers are dead. They're they're lifeless. They're self-ingrandizing for your father knows the things that you have a need of before you ask him. So so isn't there. That was an editorial comment. Nine says in this manner, therefore, pray. Our father in heaven hallowed be thy name listen do you have any idea how awesome and um, uh, just absolutely amazing it is for god who created the heavens and the earth with with just a hand or a thought everything came into existence he holds everything together and to him we are we owe everything this awesome holy sovereign God we have sinned against, loves us so much that even when we are enemies, he sent his son to say to die on a cross that those who will believe might be saved. And so for the first time, we can look to the heavens and we can know that the God of the universe is my Father and I can call him that. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How many times do our hearts hallow his name, meaning honor, glory, give him all the respect that he is due in love and care and consideration. But how many times do we do that in our prayers? Or is it we just can't wait to get to, hey, this is what I need right now, God. He is holy. And if we had even a glimpse of the power that he has, we wouldn't treat his name so cavalierly goes on to say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this earth is perishing and the the things that we do and we look around we see the corruption the destruction we see the hatred and the anger that seems to be everywhere and we say oh my gosh but then he tells us that our hearts need to be praying for something better something deeper something longer something that only a child of God can truly ask for that as the work is done in heaven and as God uh, makes everything in heaven happen that someday this world will function as it does in heaven that everything that sin is done away with and that there is no more death and hatred and And all those things, no more bigotry and and no more pain. And many have said, well, it's the opium of the masses. Well, if it is, then I'm part of those masses, I'll tell you, because I believe in that kingdom. I believe in that God. And I believe that I can't do anything without him because I know how weak I am. I know how sinful my heart can be. I know how far it can walk away from God and how I can get my own agenda going and and I don't want that to happen in my life. Eleven says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Trespasses is in some of your Bibles. <coughs> give us this day our daily bread. God doesn't want you to say, hey, if you'll do this for me I'll never talk I'll never ask for another thing. No, we need to be so dependent that we realize that our daily bread and our daily existence comes from him. Listen, you may have wealth and you may have money and you may have all the food in the freezer that you need but that can change tomorrow. You you don't really know what tomorrow holds for you so give us this day our daily bread and also our daily bread isn't consistent of just the physical food but the bread of life which is Jesus who came down from heaven and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors listen if you are unwilling to forgive those that have wronged you why would you think that God would come and and forgive you if he when you were still his enemy and make no doubt about it if you are not in christ you are his enemy why would he send his son as an uh, to save us and give us that example of how we are to love our enemies if it was of no consequence so when you are wronged it doesn't mean anything if you love those who love you but when you love care and pray for and help those who despitefully use you and hate you. Now you are, are reflecting the light of, of Jesus Christ. And then it says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And you know what? I got to tell you something. Uh, I've always used that version, the evil one. But it's not just the evil one. It's evil in general as well, because even without the devil, you have enough sin in your flesh to keep that ball rolling. And as I told the guys just this morning, the devil needs to take that boulder. All ye usually needs to do is give it a little push, and then we take over getting that thing completely out of control. So it's both the devil, you know, deliver us from the evil one and from evil in general. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It is his. He is sovereign. You know what? You may not believe in God, but it doesn't matter because he exists. And unfortunately, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. It'll either be here in faith and repentance, or it'll be on that day of judgment when it is ripped from your lungs and you're forced to your knees and you're cast into outer darkness. Doesn't sound like fun, does it? It isn't. And please don't tell me, ah, I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are going to be. You won't see them. You won't see them if you're in outer darkness. I was asked, and we were talking about one time, I guess, who I would like to see go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But I believe in the the message of the gospel. I believe in, in every word of it. What we say and what we do isn't out of hatred or bigotry, it's out of desire that people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. fourteen says, For if you give to men their trespasses, your heavenly father will if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Because God expects of us in just a fraction of what he has done for us. So I hope that you will read the Lord's Prayer. But I hope more than anything else that you will be on your knees in prayer to that holy, sovereign God that you will seek out a healthy, well-balanced church to worship in, that the desires of your heart will be changed to the, th- to the desires that God has for us. And I hope that you'll be able to come down to the mission, take a tour, see what we do, and understand that the people at the mission are, are really truthfully uh, wanting nothing more than the repentance of men and, so, and women. And so until we meet again, as always, my dearest friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.
0: You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.